It's playoff time, and you're tuning in Two and a Half Hoopers. It's Monday, May 24th, 2021. DJ Augustine's favorite basketball podcast. All right, so I got Josh Rhodes here. Best time of the year for any basketball fan. Better than March Madness? Unless you're a Pistons fan. Or, you know, a Magic That's debatable. Fan. That's debatable, actually. You know? Uh, I, don't, Mar- I don't know. March Madness. We didn't have March Madness, honestly, in my opinion, this year. <laughs> Just March, no madness. Kind of, kind of laid back. Oh, UCLA goes on a deep run, and now the tournament's fake, huh? Mickey Mouse. Before you talk, your name's George Martin. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Jacob Lehman. We got a good show. Um, It was playoff basketball this weekend, and a lot of game ones happened. All the game ones happened, actually. Um, And we got a lot to say about it. You know, we got some Laker fans here. We got some Nick fans here. Uh, I'm a diehard Sacramento Kings fans, and they didn't make it, but I still have a few opinions. uh, We don't have any Philadelphia 76er haters on the podcast. Sorry, Frankie. We We don't. We have no no Philly haters. I think – so we dropped our brackets on – I guess we'll say this now. If you're listening to us and you don't follow us on Instagram, I'd be very surprised uh, because I think the only ones that listen to us are our friends, and we got a lot of good follows on there. But if you listen to us, don't follow us. Uh, We dropped our brackets there, full there – all the way to the finals, uh, all three of us. Uh, George, you had the Bucks making the finals, right? I did. So we'll get to that later because they had a very tight game. Uh, me and Josh uh, have Philly making the finals, and then we dropped how many games we have, uh, stuff, and then we'll update them as the rounds go uh, just because, like, if Blazers and Clips get upset, that'll kind of change. Uh, or uh, if Clips and Nuggets get upset, that'll kind of change where we're headed. So we'll update there. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at thoopers. Twitter too. Uh, who knows? But yeah, speaking of Instagram and Twitter, um, give us a follow if you haven't. Drop a comment. You'll get a shout out. I think we had some good dialogue on last post, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me get this uh, pulled up. I know Kevin commented, and I commented back at him. See, so yes, yeah, so we actually we posted twice, so we're kind of on the grind here. Uh, the episode post uh, we have. Perry the Art Vogel and Hand Magic Tuma. They're trying to get us to go on Empire Records. I Empire Records off. as well. Uh, and, <laughs> and then uh, Kevin Gianni. Uh, he says Bam should be a finalist for Deep Deep Boy. Uh, I know we had him on our all defense. I think he they made all second teams. So they want to give second Kevin. Team. Yeah. They want to give Kevin explanation on why he wasn't. George. Uh, hold on a second. Here, my microphone. Okay, can y'all hear me? We could hear you before, <laughs> unfortunately. Sorry, sorry. But uh, so for the Defensive Player of the Year candidacy, there's obviously three. And Bam is actually one of the better, you know, switching fives. And I, I, I was considering him. I put him on my all-defensive second team. But when I looked at the three candidates that I put ahead of him, uh, Ben Simmons can guard one through five, and he's very elite in that category. Rudy Gobert, as much as we uh, hate on him, he's basically their defensive force in Utah. I mean, he leads the leagues in total blocks, and he's actually pretty valuable, you know, showing their plus minuses. You know, I love that stat. And then uh, Draymond, he's incredible. Top, They're the reason – he's the reason that uh, the Warriors have a top five defense. So I just felt those three were deserving. I think Bam's right on the outside, though. So, I mean, I get where he's coming from. Okay, perfect. Then I'll let uh, Josh answer this one. Uh, D. Stiff, great episode, fellas. Let George get some sleep. Are we going to let George get any sleep, or are we just going to keep no. him up like this? Yeah, no. It's 2.30 this time, Step. <laughs> I mean, we got you on pretty early here. And then, so, next next, uh, next post, we didn't post Cole's bracket. It was kind of a fluke. Um, he didn't really make a good bracket. Uh, Jake Guardhouse, a friend of the show, he liked George's rainbow font for his bracket, so uh, kudos there. Then Frankie, your boy Frankie, not a big Philly believer. mentioned it before. Um, he says either Nets or Bucks are making it. Uh, neither of us have Nets. And want to get the next. You know, we'll actually we'll save while we don't have Nets for later in the show. So Frankie, if you really, really listen, you'll get your question answered just not right now. Frankie, if you comment. listen and we get to that point, comment. <laughs> he's not. He's no. He's not. But we just had some of those questions there. If you have any questions or comments, drop them down there. We'll answer them right at the top of the show at TA Troopers. Let's get into it, guys. All right. So we'll start. Uh, I want to do it quickly. Uh, Grizzlies beat the Warriors 117-112 in OT to secure the second seed, the eighth seed, not second seed, the eighth seed. Um, I predicted this, so pat on the back, kinda. But Mickey Mouse prediction, because the Draymond shot. So I guess we'll start there. Draymond shot. Uh, George, 
What what happened here down down the line? So, so it went to OT. So it was a close game. Yeah. So I believe they were. Yeah, it was tied, and they got the ball back. Steph brings it up the court immediately. Gets doubled. He gets trapped basically on the side, and people were saying he should have just you know shot it over him. It would have been a better chance than what Draymond did. Gives the ball to Draymond. Draymond's at the top of the key. He dribbles all the way in, and he basically like decides halfway through to like change his shot. I think he was going for like more of a floater, or no, he's going for like more of a layup, and then he changes it to a floater. He just lost the ball. It hits the side of the backboard and falls down. And go to overtime, but he could have taken a floater, stopped and took a midi, or just laid it up normally, and he didn't do anything. And it went to overtime, and then as we know, uh, the Jaw Show kind of takes over. Uh, I'm gonna switch to that point. Basically, in that first game, they were giving him the Ben Simmons treatment. They were like 15 feet away from him. He wasn't making anything. This game, he came out firing. I think he had a career high in threes, which unfortunately won't count for the playing game. (laughs) They don't count records. uh, Five or six. And yeah, I mean, he was hitting them. He really got uh, downhill to his floater game, too. That's what was really uh, keeping them in the game and got them to win. Because when he started getting hot, they kind of ran him off the three-point line, and they wanted to funnel him into uh, like where Looney was and Draymond to try and stop his shot or make him take it out. He was just getting to them floaters every time, and that actually sealed the game in overtime. So I thought that was really impressive bounce back from him and uh, looking forward to more of it in the first round from him. Yeah, it was driving me crazy because in that game battle for the eight seed, the commentators – it was on a, it was nationally televised, obviously, because it was an important game. And uh, it was yeah. – yeah, this is going to haunt them in years to come. Your point guard has to be able to shoot. I was, I'm like, Jaws water. Like, Jaws normally pretty good. But he, he went one for six in that game, I think, uh, in the battle for the eight seed. So he didn't play too good there. Yeah, right here, five for ten. Uh, Josh, anything to add from what you witnessed here? No, not really. Salt you take then. Was it a good – was it a successful season for the Warriors? I'll give it to Josh first, and then uh, I'll give it to George. Well – I don't know how much I should say because of George, <laughs> but I'm gonna go. With, you got, Josh. I'm, I'm gonna go with no, unfortunately, because I don't think the Warriors. Uh, I mean, they're gonna get Clay back, but I just don't think they're in like a real position because Minnesota probably is gonna keep their pick. Uh, so I don't think they're in any like superior position to gain assets. They still didn't really make a decision on what they want to do with Wiseman. They don't even know if they want to rebuild or not. They're like torn in like this middle. We'll have to see what happens when Clay gets back. But I think they just it's just like another year, no playoffs, and it exhausted Steph. You could clearly tell toward the end he was gasping. So it's unfortunate you waste a year of uh, your best player's prime. Uh, but you know it is what it is. It's not really much I can think about that would make it any different. Because uh, I wouldn't want them to tank, but I don't think it was a successful season for the Warriors. Yeah, this, this season took years off Steph's life, and you still got probably the healthiest Steph we've seen in a few years here. Um, exactly. George, uh, take us home here. Successful season for the Warriors. They made they missed the playoffs while having two chances to make the playoffs, and also where it seems like everyone's making the playoffs now. So successful season or not? Nowhere near successful. I mean, you have a t- top three player in the league right now, and you're – not even making the playoffs. And I just felt like, especially this season with all the injuries and just looking at how the playoffs have shaped up so far, I mean, it's about as open as it's been in a while. And I just felt like, I I know that they weren't trying to make any big moves because Clay was out, but even a few lateral moves gets them up to a six seed. I mean, in in a certain spot right now in the West, they could have made a conference finals if they had a little bit of a better shaped roster, but, you know, they weren't trying to chase wins. They brought in a 19-year-old to try and develop him who wasn't on Steph's timeline. And just all this kind of kept mixing up and just fell flat at the end of the year. So we'll see what happens, like Josh said, next season. But I is their front office going to get aggressive? I don't know. Are they okay with, you know, contending for the play? And do they want to bring in another rookie? We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I see where you guys are coming from. But they're one Jordan Poole shot away from a tie ball game and a exactly. game for the seven seed. So, I mean, you kind of go back and forth. But, yeah, great season from Steph. Uh, underrated season from Wiggins and Draymond kind of the rest of the team. Uh, up for auction, garage sale. Uh, come get Kevon Looney, wave Kelly Oubre, and get Clay Thompson back. You know, be aggressive. It, we don't know if the Timberwolves are going to keep their pick. There they, they the, won the, a lot. The odds are the same for the top three, te- for the bottom three teams. So that someone's going to move out of there, and it could be the T Wolves. We'll see. Come off, see what we think Warriors are going to do. We'll probably, they'll probably be one of the best ones to talk about in the offseason because they can go either way. All right, fun stuff now. Game of the. 
I would I would say game of the weekend. Uh, this was probably the series I was looking to most because it's kind of up in the air. I think it'll go seven. Uh, Jacob Cizak says no, too boring, too much defense. No, I agree with him. But this is Ice Trey game winner. Uh, Playoffs Hawks, all defense. Hawks baby. beat the Knicks 107-105 after a series of back and forth shots. Um, like I said, Ice Trey. Ice is the game floater, uh, 32 and 10. Uh, he had a game winner coming down with a head of steam. Did six crossovers on, uh, I believe it was Frank and Ilakina. Poor guy and, got put it on the last possession. And yeah, 0. 0.5 Knicks. seconds left. Knicks don't get off a shot. Spike Lee goes home. Sad. Uh, they dropped game one on their home court. So yeah, Hawks went second half by eight. Came down the wire, like I said. Hawks only commit six turnovers and had more steals and blocks in the battle of uh, the, the D's. Oh, uh, like I said, Trey at 32 and 10, uh, including the game winner. Everyone from New York struggled besides Rose and Burks off the bench. Rose, 17, and Alec Burks, 27. So 18 in the fourth from Alec Burks, by the way. Our boy Alec Burks, they like to finish the game with him. He was cooking. Um, MSG was bumping. George, just take me down what happened on the stretch and what stopped the Knicks from kind of winning this game. So, yeah, uh, a lot of the second half, before they got to the fourth quarter, Knicks were controlling the pace. I mean, they were up, I think, eight. Going into the fourth, they had really gotten to their pace of play, kind of getting the the Hawks a little bit uncomfortable. And then in the fourth, kind of like what Ja was doing in that playing game, Trey was getting downhill, getting to floaters, kicking the ball out to shooters on the wings like Bogdanovich and Hunter. And it was really impressive. And they kind of riled up that, that Knicks defense that has been so special all year. And coming down on the Knicks side, a really bad uh, playoff debut from Julius Randle. I know he's not going to be like this the whole time, but I felt like uh, a lot of that offensive, uh, I guess, miscues from him ki- kind of hurt them down the stretch. Six but, or uh, three. Yeah. They, big moments from uh, young guys like Obi Toppin and uh, IQ. Rose was huge down the stretch as well. But, uh, yeah, I felt like when the, when the game was on the line, the Hawks, even though they're very young, kind of showed like – a veteran, they looked like a veteran squad down the stretch, so that's good for them moving forward. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more Hawks, uh, touch on some Knicks, and I'll let Josh. I know he has some thoughts on what happened for New York here. Um, Alfred Payton, I finally figured out what's going on. He's just he's just Keith Bogans. Uh, he's he's this version of Tom Thibodeau's Keith Keith, Keith Bogans, holy hell, uh, where Keith Bogans started all eighty-two games of the whole season, started all the playoff games. He's at league next year. He just he's not actually a player. Tibbs just likes him. But for the Hawks, I'll give some praise here. Um, yeah, playoff debut for almost everyone. Uh, Trey Young, John Collins, uh, I believe Bogdanovich too, DeAndre, Hunt, DeAndre Hunter. Um, I thought we were going to get Cam Reddish back this game, but we we, we didn't. So we did get Hunter back the whole first round. We did get Hunter back, though, which was a good sign. And he had five points in 22 minutes. He had a Gallo, big on the stretch, too. Gallo looking sick with that mohawk. Yeah, he's looking like... Taxi driver, he's looking like Mr. T. He's looking great. Um, but yeah, overall, just a great game for the Hawks. Uh, they're uh, Trey Young is going to give them enough offense always, uh, as long as their defense comes through. And Trey Young had yeah, ten assists, shot efficiently, three threes, and that's what I like. When that's what I like now with Trey Young. Ever since Nate Miller took over, the three's not falling. He's driving. Right. He went one for three. Wasn't feeling it. Drive. You have a tight hand at those floaters. Do it. So Josh, New York, talk to me. I'm actually a lot more confident in my take that the Knicks are going to win this series just because of how bad it was watching. Uh, first of all, nobody would like to mention the fact that this is the first time in like four months R.J. Barrett's played under 35 minutes. Uh, that's that's disappointing. I'm rather upset about that. It looks like they took him off the court a lot when they didn't need to. Uh, I don't know why George brought up Obi Toppin as a positive. He literally didn't play a lick of defense. Absolute useless. But he had a nice dunk and a three pointer. Oh, congrats! I mean, MSG is about that. Like you get uh, any dunk. Electrifying plays. They were the they they had the loudest crowd. Uh, I could actually it hear their fans chant. Hear their fans chant defense, which is Phoenix nice. too. Though Phoenix too. I don't know if it's just because like I'm a, I was a, like watching the Lakers like root for him. I just he- I hear it. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is Arizona. Those two games were uh, crazy in terms of crowd control. But, uh, yeah, Obi Toppin, I don't know why they Tom Thibodeau decided to play him now. There's no reason for that. He played 11 <laughs> minutes. Not great defense. Uh, I think John Collins. 
that's good. John Collin got a good chunk of his points uh, in that section. But again, with the Hawks, a lot of the shots they're shooting are rather risky. And I don't know how I feel exactly about that. Like, I get mm-hmm. the scheme. Trey Young has a very, Trey Young was playing f- uh, phenomenal. Uh, he kind of controlled the pace of the game, as George said. But a lot of the shots they were getting, including a couple of the ones that got to tie the game. Uh, a couple of go-aheads or a lot of like grabs, like it, it could go either way. Like I remember uh, one specific play, Young passes out to Bogey, and if RJ Barrett grabs the ball, it's a turnover. Knicks win the game. So I I don't know exactly how I. I'm feel glad like. you chose one play down the stretch to dictate that they had taken horrible shots all game. Well, actually, I gave you an example as I said, but I'm glad that you're listening. But you used uh, my, one. I'm and also really upset. I'm also really upset at the point. Do you want me to do a play-by-play for you, George? Can you let me finish talking? Uh, and I also don't like how Todd Gibson played 24 minutes. I think Nerlens Noel is just better for them. And I'm looking at – I looked. I was like, did he get in foul trouble? None of them got in foul trouble. So why isn't – why is Tibbs all of a sudden hitting the back pedal on everybody that's not named Derrick Rose in terms of – Noel, did, Noel did get hurt in the third, by the way, and he didn't come back okay. in until like the mid-late fourth. Okay, so I did miss that portion of it. But again, Julius Randle, I guess hefty 36, but I feel like in terms of playoff ball, like he should be playing a lot if he's not in foul trouble. Derrick Rose played the amount that I expected him to. RJ Barrett played way too low. But like I don't get why Todd Gibson's getting 24 minutes. He's not good. He's just not good. So, George, Josh touched on a lot of it. It, it was a lot of questionable rotational things from Tibbs, and it was kind of a lot of backpelling for this is what he's known for. Like you said, RJ Barrett only 32 points. Um, I mean, 32 minutes. Um, <laughs> Alfred Payton did the thing where he plays eight minutes. Um, yeah, D Rose, the leading uh, minutes guy off the bench with 38. Absolute and, menace. And then him putting in Frank Nilakina for 30 seconds to guard Trey Young and just that in that was, last play. That what's, was very what's questionable. The worst, questionable. What's the worst decision he made? And also playing Obi Top and him plays in like eight minutes, put him 12 minutes there. So what was yeah, the most questionable thing you saw for the game. I agree with Josh to an extent. You kind of do need to chop down the rotations in the playoffs. Like an eight nine is what we've seen most uh, teams do. They go deep in the playoffs, but like with RJ, he was struggling offensively. And a guy like Alec Burks, when he's that hot, you want him in and closing. You keep both so, of them in. Yeah, but they also had D Rose closing, so they had D Rose and Alec Burks over Peyton and Barrett. And Barrett. Barrett wasn't closing the whole time. You could play Barrett at the three. I've been telling. I'm Barrett just saying he was struggling. I, I'm defender. saying he was struggling offensively. That's why they probably pulled him out. I don't understand why you would pull your your supposed second best player out of the game because he's struggling offensively. When Alec Burks is nine for thirteen and D Rose is your then you keep out. They, cl- they score. You, George, you, they've done this rotation before. You know that, right? But like, Barrett hasn't, Barrett hasn't struggled in. like this. You mentioned it's the only time he's played under 35 minutes. I get it, Josh. The last time, the first time I saw him shoot under 50% in a long, long time. Barrett was physically right. struggling out there to guard, play against this Atlanta defense. I get what you're saying. Like, they've done it all season. Why do you change now? It's a little bit of a shorter leash, too. I mean, if he's struggling that badly and Alec Burks is that hot and D-Rose has 17 on 50%, you're going to want those guys in over them. But anyways, the Frank thing – yeah, I didn't get that. I, I don't know what he saw. I I know he, he's, a, he's a decent on-ball defender, but, like, at that point, his first minutes are in crunch time and against a guy who's been hot all game. And I, I don't know. I just felt like – I don't know. I, I didn't like that, but I, I didn't know where else they would go. I, I don't know who else – I mean, you're not going to put D-Rose. Oh, maybe but, you could put R.J. Barrett, their best perimeter defender, on him. Oh, wait, he's struggling offensively. It's not like they have four other guys that can score on the court. Oh, for God. that, for that let's, one, let's lower the confidence of our second best player in the game. You no, know, Taj Gibson always good for a bucket. The other four yeah. guys in the court good for a bucket. Yeah, Josh. Uh, okay, let's wrap this up here. <laughs> Who's got uh, game two, Atlanta or New York? I'll start with New George. York's winning by far. Uh, okay, Josh. I think we see a big Julius Randle bounce back. Yeah, there's no, n- there's no O2 deficit this game. No, this series. No, so. Okay. I, I think, so. yeah, I see a Knicks bounce back as long as Spike's there. As long as yeah, Spike's there. Exactly. Uh, moving on to the other. Uh, yeah, George, we're talking basketball. Uh huh. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while. Uh, do you have somewhere to be? All right. Uh, Bucks beat the Heat 109 107, barely keeping mine and George's agenda alive. Barely. By the hairs of our chinny chin chin. There was so much ugly about this uh, game. Went to OT. Middleton sent the Heat. Not home, 
but to the hotel. They can still go one more game in Milwaukee. But the midi jumper with 0.5 seconds left, uh, and that made the final score 109-107. Oh, he's, okay. he he just uh, broke broke down there. Did I break? Lemicki, where are you? And then... Well, I didn't say uh, – well, did I say went to OT? Middleton at the game winner? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Giannis shot bad, put up 27 and 18. Uh, Middleton and Holiday combined for 47. Uh, more on that uh, later. Playoff Jimmy brought the intensity on D, but shot four for 22. Uh, Duncan Robinson came through with 24 points, got hot from three point. Uh, this series looks like it's going to go that. long. Uh, did the first game live to the hype, Josh? Oh, absolutely. Um, I. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, this game was. A lot of defensive battle, but it was also a lot of they just weren't ex- a lot of the time. I felt like Jimmy and Giannis just weren't expecting to get some of the opportunities that they were given. Like I know Jimmy, like a funny one here, George. Another example, one one play when Jimmy got that layup. I don't think he expected to be able to get the shoulder over Giannis because of just the defensive mismatch there. But he did. He got the layup to go to OT. Uh, I like the swagger from uh, Duncan Robinson and Drogic. They were shooting everything that they got, and they were making My boys. And those are, that's a very important thing. That's what Miami's going to need if they want to win the game. Yeah, this is kind of a very funny, like, ironic scene because we were talking about, oh, which, uh, which team is going to have a better – uh, backup support for their superstars. Superstar struggled today. It was all about the second and third options today. Jimmy Jimmy shot horrible, like you said. Same with Giannis didn't shoot as bad, and he got it done on the boards. But I mean, yeah, this game definitely lived up to the hype. I'm very excited to see how Miami game plans now. Now that they know that, yeah, kind of get away with. That's what scares me. Like now, suppose like we play like this. This was a we, field we round game. Two? Ten to twenty-seven. That's that's very good. Yeah, and like you said, uh, the other guys, um, like PJ Tucker, zero points, but George sent like a like a nerd breakdown. Like he was playing great defense, yeah. great defense on there. No one's scoring PJ Tucker. Actually. He's the uh, game one legend, Cinderblock. Divincenzo, <laughs> three points on one of one of five, but ten boards. He's getting in there, getting dirty. And then yeah, for Miami, uh, Dragic, twenty five points off the bench. Duncan Robinson, hot from thirteen, and then Bam, all the way went four for fifteen, and Jimmy. Shot horribly. Their defense was there, and Bam at twelve boards. So it's all about those other guys. Now, not the other guys, but the. Se- oh, he froze again. Did I freeze again? Your computer is cooked. You would think for a playoff re- uh, recap, we could get a decent, stable connection. Uh, you would think that Spectrum would respect me as a podcaster <laughs> now, but no, I, we can't get verified for Spectrum. But uh, George, before I freeze again. Not the other guys, but the second options, Holiday, Middleton. We both agree this will not be a Giannis series just because Miami is too nice at defending Giannis and they have too many guys. Give them this game. Gosh, he's breaking up. I think he's asking for your thoughts on the game. Middleton, Holiday, George. Uh, yeah, those second and third options, they were, they were very good, especially Middleton. Especially them going to him late in the game and him producing – I feel like that's that's pretty good for them moving forward because now maybe Yanni doesn't have to feel as much heat when he's coming down there. But uh, can I talk about, like, you know, the rest of the game now instead of those two options? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did have a problem with the Uh-oh. Bucks defense in the first half. Uh, they gave up – he had 50 three-point attempts, and I feel like that's just way too much. They, they made 20 of them, so that's 40%, which I guess you kind of live with with that many threes taken. But – their defense, man, especially – and I know you guys said he had a good game, sure, offensively, but what what Miami was doing, they were attacking Brook Lopez in drop coverage, and he would not come up every time he sat in that thing. Duncan, <laughs> Robinson, Duncan, Duncan Robinson was coming off screens and getting those shots that he always does, and he was making a lot of them in the first half. He wasn't as, as hot the second half, but, I mean, that's the Bucks defense. That's what I've been talking about all year. They give you, They give you open threes. And they, Miami took pretty good ones. They took pretty high percentage threes. So that they need to tighten up on that. And, you know, Brooke Lopez played 36 minutes. PJ played 18. I'm not as – I'm not saying pull uh, – 18 points, 8 rebounds compared to 0 points, 2 rebounds. See, now you're looking, you're, looking at no. the, you're looking at the offensive end only. I'm talking about the defensive end because so – The defensive end, they held Miami to 107 points in 2021 in overtime. And Brooke Lopez had four points, two boards in overtime. 
so listen with with all those drop coverages, they were getting smoked. The drop coverages, the this. How long have I been? How long have I been saying when they drop Yanni to the five, it makes their defense way George, better? Man, they can't put Giannis on the I've five agreed. against Bam. But George, you have to be. Well, oh, he paused. Anyways, so what I'm saying is the last the last five minutes and all of overtime. Actually, it was like the last ten minutes and all of overtime. Brooke Lopez was in the whole time. I'm fine with him like being in the last like from like 12 minutes to five minutes. I want to try and see them close with Yanni at the five just to see how it works. Cause I just, just to see them lose a game. <laughs> if you really think them putting him at the five versus Brooke Lopez is going to lose the game, I would be shocked. Well, they, we did win the game with Brooke Lopez in the game. I'm going to lose end. my marbles if I freeze again, but you got to be able oh, to there change he goes. No, he's there. He's there. He's there. Why would you say that? We're just going to waste more time. You're talking here. Mickey Mouse recap. We're just going to waste more time. Brooke Lopez, you have to be, he played good this game. You have to be able to evolve your opinion of hating Brooke Lopez. This game, it worked <laughs> for them playing him this game. Not not really. Like You guys are harping on, oh, four points, two rebounds. They would have never been in overtime if they had guys who were coming up to stop the shots of Duncan Robinson. They were getting so many open looks. At, at will, basically, in the first Duncan Robinson. That's a, a bug thing. We always talk about the Bucks but cannot defend. Didn't the you say Duncan Robinson wasn't that hot in the second half? And isn't that when they put Brooke Lopez in the game? Because he mm-hmm. played a lot more than PJ. I'm saying in the first half, Duncan Robinson got the first nine points. Three of them, three dribble handoffs and screens. Brooke Lopez didn't come up for any of them. Nine points to start the game. And I, listen, so I, I almost know. a third of his points you're deeming are Mickey Mouse because Brooke Lopez was <laughs> in the game. I'm not deeming them Mickey Mouse. I'm saying it's a bad defensive strategy, which I've been saying about all year. But Brooke Lopez played 36 minutes and he got a third of his points just in the first quarter, like alone, mm. just those first Breaking news. We are actually going to break the record for longest podcast <laughs> held by J Sports of an hour and 58 minutes if we keep arguing about drop coverage. I think I'm going to agree with George on this one, although I don't like how hard he's pressing the drop coverage thing with Brooke Lopez. I think that trying Giannis at the five is an experiment that kind of just needs to be tested just to see if it'll work. Because Oh, so when I said it five minutes ago you're like what if they lose a game when they do it but now you're like oh i agree with him yeah, no they're gonna lose but they need to make sure that they know they're gonna lose they're gonna lose with him at the five all right well if that happens then i'm telling you Bam, apologize. i i i th- we said this is in a Giannis series but now we're putting Giannis in the spotlight that's two conflicting things if they Regardless, lose with him at the five I'll who's taking game two josh yeah i was gonna say who's who taking game two i'm taking miami, miami takes so game they're gonna get the split george Bucks yeah. are going up two yeah, um, they're good at that. Gonna, and, and then Miami might win four in a row. Bucks, Bucks are good at going up so two in a row. Um, Milwaukee's going to be rocking. I think that's the last time George is in Wisconsin, so he'll be at the game, hopefully. Uh, I got Milwaukee taking the second game. Fair Josh, enough. you have Heat in six or seven? Six. Okay, Bucks I had Milwaukee six. in five. But uh, remember, because I said it, the longer it goes, the more likely he'd have a winning. True. But True. I'm, I'm terrified every game. I simply am. I think I'm putting too much thought into it because five is at – no, it's at Milwaukee. Okay, yeah, five. Milwaukee and five. Moving on. So, now that we're done breaking down, like, close games, we have an upset here. Mavs beat the Clips and Staple. Going into the fourth and also uh, close the game on 18-5 run. Uh, those Clippers. Maybe, and I, those. maybe I should start doing the box scores because he keeps freezing <laughs> at the uh, most important time. Luka was great. 31 point, triple-double. Uh, all the Mavs role players perfect hitting threes, playing D. Um, oh, Porzingis, funny joke, George. Porzingis struggled. <laughs> That's expected at this point. Uh, Clippers are disappointed. One PG combined for 49. Uh, once again, this team cannot get it done. For the record, though, I think PG had a pretty decent game. Clips D was out of whack, has let the Mavs shoot 50% from the field, and Luca looked very comfortable. Uh, Clips go cold from three, shoot 26%. I know Luca has a Clips number, uh, but this sh- should this be worrisome dropping this first game if you're the Clippers, George? Yes, definitely. You don't want to give up your home court advantage, especially since Dallas is going to be at full capacity for games three and four. Oh, so uh, no. Mark Cuban is going to have them bumping. But uh, to get to the game, I felt Luca was just dissecting their defense, and you kind of well, said they have their number. Game winner. He was just <laughs> he was just he was just 
finding, you know, the uh, like switches. He was hunting guys on defense. You know, he was getting Kawhi and PG weren't switching on a lot of the screen. So he said, okay, you know, he was switching on the Zubots, you know, taking Pat Bev to the, to the, to the cup uh, and getting an ones. And actually an update here, Ty Lu said that they're probably going to be seeing Kawhi uh, take the, take the matchup of Luca next game. So yeah, we'll uh, we, see. We'll, we'll see because, you know, Luca kind of, Kawhi just, you know, has someone else guard him or, and then takes him in, in the last few minutes, but we'll, we'll see about that. But I felt Luca was just dissecting their defense really well. And then, you know, in the, in the last six minutes, <laughs> Lehman, Lehman called it on our text. You know, they were hunting jump shots and 18 and five run. Like he said, they can't do that if, if they want to win this series. And I'm, I'm not doing it because I have some bias towards the Clippers. They're 26 ranked in uh, below five minute offense. It's just, it, Clutch offense, it's not yeah. good. And I thought Rondo would fix that. But I mean, he he did not play too well. Uh, the- There's a reason why we think he won't fix that, but we're not going to get into that. So uh, I think Rondo played okay. Oh no, he played like fine. We're- oh, I can't. Well, I don't even know what he's saying, man. I don't know what he said to me. <laughs> I just said talk. Oh, okay. Well, I guess okay. Go my point. This uh, this is a very much pick'em series. Uh, I know we kind of were like just saying it'll go seven just because of how close it is between these teams, but the momentum shifts uh not present. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith absolutely yammed the basketball uh, to complete their like 11-0 run. I was like, they're gonna run away with it. Next thing I know, Kawhi Leonard is absolutely ending Maxi Kleber's life. And the that the only thing I've been seeing on Twitter for like the last two days, they lost the game, but it's a cool picture. Paul Paul George, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard just yelling at Kleber for no reason. I thought that was gonna end the game. Nope. So I think ultimately it did come down to those final six minutes because it was kind of a gimme game for both teams until that. And I it was just a matter of I don't think I know we talk about jump shot hunting, but when you're playing a team like a Mavericks who are arguably equally as boomer bust at the end of the game, although they do have Luka Doncic, it's it's kind of just a who makes their jump shots and who doesn't. And I get that they settle a lot more than Dallas does because Dallas kind of game plans for their jump shots. But when you have Paul George and Kawhi, it's really hard, despite their history, to bet against them. Like you gotta just hope that some of those shots fall through, and maybe Ty Lue should make a game plan kind of like Dallas does for the jump shot, so it's not ISO ball. But at the end of the game, it was just Dallas made their jump shots. Clippers didn't. That was the story. No, I disagree because the and I, I'm hoping I don't. Fr- I was freezing because my Spotify was open. I closed it. Hopefully, it's better now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the Clippers jump shots are coming off of a Paul George cross, and then fading into a three. The yeah, Mavs jump shots are they're open threes coming off a of Luca Luca pocket pass creation. And, yep. and then also they're pump faking. They're driving. I just in, said they made play. They make plays for them. Yeah, but they weren't Where always jump shots. There was Porzingis dunks. There were Luca drives. Like these aren't. They, they don't hunt Fair as enough. equally for jump shots. And then plus, Luca's the great equalizer for the Mavericks. He yeah. he he will be clutch, and he will always be clutch. Uh, George, any uh, other really thoughts from here? One last thing before we can move on. Terrence Mann uh, only played 14 seconds. They they put him in like when the game was already sealed. I don't like that at all because I, I I've given him praise about how. You know, he's, he's kind of like a scrappy guy, do it all, like dives to the 50-50 balls. He also puts pressure on the rim. He, he's not going to hunt for jump shots, you know, late in the game. I'm not expecting him to close, obviously, but maybe with like five, four, you know, three minutes. Not like when the game's super close, but just to get him in. And I, I don't know. I felt that was weird. I don't even, just, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Can Mavs win this series with Porzingis playing as bad as he did? Four for 13? Yeah. For sure? Because it seems like the guys helped Finney Smith 18, Hardwood Jr. 21, Brunson 15. Are you always going to get that? Possibly. I mean, the way the way Luca's creating all the time. Yeah, of course. Don't put quotations. He had 11 assists, and every time it's a pocket. I'm doing the the fright fingers. I'm not doing it. What you call They're called jazz hands. You call them fright fingers? Well, no, these are jazz hands. The fright fingers are the. So, well, the thing is. They were starting to blitz Luca, and he's kind of one of the better playmakers, you know, when, when they try and force double teams. And they're getting open shots like Tim Hardaway and Finney Smith. They'll knock them down if they're open. Obviously, they're not guys you're going to expect to hit like close contested. As much as I hate Dorian Finney Smith, <laughs> cannot leave the man open. Exactly. All right. Uh, who wins game two? George. I, actually, I think the Clippers will bounce back. I, I, I have a little bit more faith, and we'll see if Luca 
it has another triple double. If he goes back to back, that'd be crazy. I'm taking Dallas. I'm gonna. Ha- this series is very unpredictable. I think Dallas takes both at Clippers, and I think Clippers come back and take both at Dallas. I would be very surprised if, if Clippers drop this one. Lamicky has an easy path to a ring. There's no There's no way the biggest threat in the West besides Lakers goes out first round, and Lamicky has any excuses. I got Clippers <laughs> bouncing back and taking this go one one. I think it'll be two two going back to LA in Game Five. But Definitely. We'll see. Um, Blazers Nuggets, uh, moving on. Blazers beat the Nuggets 123 109. Uh, just as a switched up, he picked Denver last second. Last, so we all have Denver, right? Nope, I have Portland. You have Portland, okay. So, uh, you're just look, you're just looking smarter and smarter. Josh, it was a pick for me. I had Blazers in seven originally, so I I understand. Last second, I'm like, uh, I'll take the MVP. All right. Hopefully, I don't I don't freeze up because I got some stuff to be. So I, I have some stuff to talk to you guys about. Portland used their 19 threes, ninety five percent free throw percentage to get to the. Oh, he was doing so good. No, no. Okay. All right. They they at thirty four, with a lot of health. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most notably, Nokic looking like his old self, sixteen and twelve. Oh, Dios mio. Oh, no. Nobody's going to listen to this. Here, I'm going to send the recap over to Josh. Okay. Well, going on to the Denver side, uh, Jokic played like the MVP uh, for the most part, 34.16 rebounds. Michael Porter Jr., 25 on 57%. But beside that, uh, not too much going on. Aaron Gordon, 16 and 8. Most notably, George, because uh, I noticed this, or Lehman noticed it and brought it to my attention. MVP, one assist, or the projected MVP, one assist. Does that concern you at all? It does concern me, but I, uh, someone brought it up. I think it was post game. Terry Stott said that's how they want to do They want to make him score. They don't want to like blitz and they don't want to have him well, passing and creating him. No, but I, I honestly think that's probably the better – that's probably the way that you can beat him. You want, you'd rather have him try and score 30 than him scoring like 22. But, you know, if they're sending doubles, he passes out of it to a cutting a back-cutting MPJ or a back-cutting uh, Aaron Gordon. I think that's kind of smart. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned from Jokic's side, but I also think it's a smart strategy from uh, Portland. Okay. Yeah, they don't. The Nuggets don't have enough without Murray. They there's just not enough offense there, and Joker's mm-hmm. not going to be able to score fifty every game. Exactly, and it's really not his fault. And then one thing that I have in the notes uh, until I unfortunately froze, the Nuggets were not able to you know take advantage of the Blazers' bad defense, and you're not going to win a shootout yeah. with the Blazers. So yeah, and also uh, they put Millsap on the bench. Started Austin Rivers, didn't go too well. Um, mm-hmm. played decent, not great, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna show another before I freeze. Josh, anything to add? No, he was getting cooked. Uh, this is there's no there's no question. We're getting uh, apparently we're getting first round <laughs> game winner Dame because first. <laughs> 34 and 13, very impressive. And again, my the X factor in this is Will Barton because as Lehman said, they don't have enough offense to keep up with this high flying uh, Portland Trailblazers team. They went all in on offense well, for a reason. Unfortunately, he didn't even play. <laughs> well, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, Will Barton, ah, <laughs> Will, Barton Will Barton not playing. He is the X factor because he has the capability of taking at least one of those guys out. Norman Powell didn't even play that great. It was just the Damon CJ show for the starting lineup, and they had a very good showing from Carmelo Anthony in the first half. And they kind of just blew the they kind of blew the game open in the third quarter. They they did a reverse on themselves because a lot of the struggles have been in that third quarter uh, in their recent playoff history. But now they came out in the third quarter strong, and then they kind of just cruised to the end of it and. They just stayed ahead of Denver most of the second half, which is kind of unfortunate. But beside that, uh, Lehman, Nuggets, Blazers, who wins game two? Uh, I got Nuggets. Uh, there's no way they drop both in, the, in the Mile High Club. As long as the fans don't boo Mello again, I will take the Nuggets. <laughs> no mention Mello. 18 points on the bench. He great, did. Josh contributions did. for Josh all did. the Blazers. I, I, think, I think you just froze when he mentioned it. I did mention it. Um, Michael, I think Michael Porter Jr. will have a better, even better game than he did in this first one. 30. So I'm going to also take Denver. Uh, moving on. 
Everybody get your sad trumpets. So the Suns hosted their first playoff game since 2010, and they took care of business against the Lakers 99-90. They were practically ahead the whole time. I think they had a 13-point lead at one point, as it says. Booker and Ayton, oh, my gosh, they had a phenomenal debut. Uh, Booker had 34. Ayton had 21 and 16, was the be- best big man on the court today. This one uh, the Lakers struggled heavy on both sides during this game. Uh, they had a few runs, as as I'm just reading off Lehman's notes, <laughs> but uh, it seemed like Phoenix always had an answer. Uh, mm-hmm. The big story here was the one-two is uh, Shaq obviously tweeted uh, in pure anger a disney played like a disney 516 and uh lebron james 18 and 10 which is kind of weird because that doesn't it's not that doesn't scream terrible but it looked a lot worse than it did so uh LeBron they got out rebounded 47 33 um which features uh georgia's favorite laker andre drummond again as one of the most useless players in basketball so george <laughs> And Thoughts on the game. Here, so, uh, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it to a minimum because I know so, you're okay. Well, I'll let George talk the whole time because I don't want to talk and freeze. So let him have my time too. All right. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make this a whole ordeal. But uh, yeah, Lakers very very bad shooting from three. They shot 27. percent That's not. We can hear you done. making sure that you're getting the stats right. Actually, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking. But uh, 27 percent from three. That's not gonna get it done. Ad. Yeah, not gonna cut it. He said post game if he if he plays like he did today. <laughs> what let are you typing? Huh? I'm not typing anything. You are slapping that desk so hard it is coming out. He's typing. I'm, out I'm glad. I'm glad you're taking name. both of our time right now, Josh. But uh, he said they're not gonna win this game if he continues to play like that, or they're not gonna win the series, let alone. But uh, yeah. Booker was incredible. I mean, anything that the Lakers were throwing at him, he was answering. His footwork's incredible. Kind of reminds me of Kobe, but not completely. Uh, Aiton, yeah, I mean, huge on the offensive boards. I think he had eight. I mean, he was dominant inside, getting lobs, finishing around the rims. I didn't didn't expect him to be as dominant as I thought he would be neutralized by AD, but I guess not. So LeBron just – Typical feel-out game, 18-10-7. Chris Paul did leave this one, and he did return, but he wasn't looking like himself, so hopefully he can get healthy for game two. Biggest things for the Lakers to win next game are going to be three-point shooting and how AD responds. Everything else is is just kind of noise at that point. That's in the fight. Oh, I was going to get to that. I I love playoff intensity. Let's do it. I, I like more of those. Just no malice at the palace, please. I actually don't like the fight because of the position that it was in. That's how I was going to kind of bring it up. So uh, just in case nobody watched it because Jake was too busy uh, recording at American Idol the whole day. No offense, but he didn't probably didn't get the time to watch it. So LeBron gets an and one. Uh, he misses the free throw. And when he goes up for the free throw, if I can't remember who it was, but CP. he kind of jumped on the back of CP. CP kind of did his little slide under. LeBron falls hard. It's a hard play. LeBron does his acting skills, and everybody's kind of surrounding. I believe it was Trez that initiated the contact. Campaign didn't like that. Uh, Got in everybody's business. Uh, Ended with two technicals for the Lakers for two different players, and Campaign got a double tech and got ejected. I think that sucked the momentum of the Lakers entirely because you just get two disgruntled players. Nothing, nothing motivated about that because we've seen Montrezl Harrell in this position before last year. Or it's not like a positive workup. It's not like what we've seen from like other players where like they get attacked and then they become like a like even more of an aggressive player. Like he kind of just simmered down. Same with Caruso. Campaign got ejected and it looked like the Suns benefited off of that. They were like one less player. So be it. They felt – I think they they took it more personally, and that's kind of why they blew the game open again because the Lakers were – probably they probably had all the momentum in the world, a LeBron steal and, and one. And I heard that. That crowd right there, When I think that was one of the loudest moments right there when he got that and one. And Chris Paul wasn't happy. They could have easily turned the game around there, and that kind of sucked the momentum out, unfortunately. Uh, George, did you – were you impressed by what you saw with the Suns? Uh, as far as not being scared of the moment, they uh, Monty and Chris intense. really having them ready to play. They did come out ready to play. All defensive second team, Alex Caruso. Oof. 
you know, the Lakers aren't the best in game ones, as we saw last postseason. So, oh yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm expecting them to come out and win in game two. What are you? Well, one good thing is LeBron passive, um, only 18 points, 10 assists. That does show it is a feel-out game, kinda. But yeah. still, I saw a lot from the Suns. I didn't see it from the Blazers or Rockets last year, uh, as far as us oh, dropping those sure. game ones. Also, there was a there was a crowd, a very big crowd. Obviously, they didn't have those in the bubble, so felt like they took advantage of that. You know that 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 city's been waiting for them to get back in the playoffs, and you're playing the defending champs. You're gonna get up for it. So uh, I have them winning in game two. Lakers, uh, Lehman, Josh, what are your thoughts? I'll take LA. I think it'll be two two going back to Phoenix though. Who has who has so George has the Lakers in five. Do you want six. to change that? I have oh, six, have I believe. Six. Let me let me check that. I have Lakers in six. I also had them in six, but I do remember we went five, six, seven at the beginning. I went seven at first and I changed my mind. I have six on mine. Lehman has six on his or no, Josh has six. I have six. Lehman also has six. Yeah. yeah, so we all changed it to six. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we all have an LA winning game two, uh, and that's that's fair. Uh, you hope for my sanity. Any chance that the Suns win this game two? And there's a very good chance. There's a, there's chance. a huge there's chance there actually. Is a chance, yes. right. Right, Especially if they Disney sure. plays like that. He he was pathetic, by the way. Like like a Disney look. I, I realized my drum and hate was showing too much. I mean. He was settling way too much, wasn't being dominant inside like he should have been, and just he was just floating. It, it kind of felt like he was doing more of a, a feel like him than Braun was. At it least was Drummond just, was giving effort. Like AD was just seven rebounds, very seven casual. Rebounds, seven offensive rebounds. Yeah, AD yeah. was doing his own feel out game, and I, I Drummond had like three that. offensive rebounds on one possession. Also, none of the bigs knew how to contain Aiden. This Phoenix offense is weird. very complex. Like, there's a lot of cutting. There's a lot of double screen switching. Yeah, that's true because Drummond was getting lost out in space. But were you anyways, gonna tell me that Monty Williams doesn't know how to run an offense? No, I was just saying, like with with Aiton, I feel like they should kind of know, you know, his strengths, and he's gonna be rolling in around the rim. I just thought he was getting lost a lot, but I guess that's to the strength of how they run their offense with CP and the pick and rolls and all that. But anyways, just, let's move on. Just to wrap it up, uh, I think that's accreditation to Aiton and Monty Williams because I know there were sets where they had Sarich playing the Aiton role and they were still succeeding on offense. So I think that has to go to Monty Williams. Moving on, uh, this is the last of the upsets. We had a lot of upset game ones. Not really surprising in my opinion, but the Grizzlies snuck away with a win against the Mormon city of Utah. The Jazz lost 112-109. Memphis took full advantage of no Donovan Mitchell, played a phenomenal defensive game, 43% shooting. Dylan Brooks had 31 and is making a case for being the top a top three player on that Grizzlies team. He is probably their best perimeter defender at the moment. Uh, Jaw had 26, including a lot of uh, late fourth quarter uh, control tempo that we've talked about, as George talked about earlier against the Warriors. Mike Conley had a throwback 22 and 11. I don't remember. Let me check uh, if that is on a great shooting because I don't remember everybody shooting too hot. Uh, Jazz had more rebounds, blocks, and had 11 more free throw attempts. Uh, it does say to go to George. So. <laughs> George, Mike Conley what, six for eighteen, so not great shooting. Yeah, so I, I before George gets into it, that's kind of the big thing I noticed. Uh, <laughs> the fact that this team relies, the fact that this team relies too much on the three point shot. We've talked about it before. We've harped on it many times. But not only that would be an issue if they didn't have uh, Donovan Mitchell, because beside that, they don't really have anybody that knows how to put the ball on the floor and create for themselves beside Clarkson who went five of 16. His efficiency has gone. I I looked at it. I, I looked at it after we uh, did the award because I thought you guys were exaggerating. No, you're not. Uh, Bojan actually had a phenomenal fourth quarter. He's the mm-hmm. only reason he in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, George, I'm actually going to take this in a different direction because I know we talked about, or we want to talk about the eye test. Take me through that last play and how you think they could have made it better because they had four seconds, and the shot they got was probably not the shot they wanted. You talking to me? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think they kind of ex- – I think they might have expected uh, Kyle Anderson to foul because they had fouled up through the previous possession, and I think Boyan got the ball, and he kind of like didn't know what to do with himself because I think they thought he was going to foul, and then he just you know tried to make a move, step back, and just hoisted up a three. But in that sense, it was smart to go to him. He, he was oh, yeah. definitely, definitely the reason they uh, – Right guy, they, wrong play. Exactly. 
but uh, just overall with the game now, 25% from three for Utah. What what have we said is their Achilles heel? If the jumpers aren't falling in the playoffs. And I, their Achilles heel is Donovan Mitchell not playing. I don't want to hear that they didn't hit their threes. I don't want to hear it. Volume they had no source of offense besides Mike Conley and Bojan. I mean, I mean, listen, man. Yeah, if Donovan, if Donovan's playing, obviously it's probably a different game. But the supporting cast can't probably. put up twenty five percent from three. And listen, <laughs> probably. Oh, so what do you assume? Sharpshooter Donovan Mitchell is going to go what seven for seven from three, right? Totally. Sharpshooter Donovan Mitchell is going to get them to the rim, get their offense actually doing something. And I can't – I'm scared to talk angry like this because I'm going to freeze and get made fun of, but no, it'll be good. so funny. But, All right, Lehman, uh, I guess we'll tra- transition to you since you're very hot. Two things I want to talk to you about this game. Who won the first game between Jonas and Rudy Gobert? Before you answer that, and the second <laughs> – I actually, you know what? I forgot the second question. So why don't you walk me through the Rudy Gobert-Jonas matchup because you were talking about that. I remember the second question. Well, it, it like, it's very – you're, you're always your basketball, baby. Use another 90% of your Whoa. brain over there. Remember, but <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, I would say Rudy because I mean, he had more blocks and he's he had more boards, which is what he's supposed to do 11 points. Sure, Every, everything Rudy gives you on offense is a plus, and he didn't miss a shot either. And he's also a plus nine, so shut up, George. And Jonas Valanciunas was plus, plus 15. Got, got to give all the stats here. I'm not going to be biased, but yeah, Jonas seven for 14, and he struggled a lot in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, really picked up second half. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I would probably give it to uh, Rudy just because we've seen Jonas drop 20 and 20 like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and the second question is, uh, we don't know when Donovan Mitchell will return. We're expecting a game two return. But if it in a hypothetical situation, if he has a prolonged absence because – Bojan did drop some information. I'm gonna steal George's tweet, but he seemed <laughs> pretty. He, he seemed pretty passive aggressive about it. Why don't you ask him why he missed this game? As hence, uh, probably didn't have the same mentality as other stars. Example: Bradley Beal playing with a bad hamstring. Uh, Mitchell's been out for a while. Uh, assuming he returns either this game, next game, or however long, do you think the Grizzlies have a real shot at winning this series? And when does that shot end? Uh, in terms of when Mitchell returns? So just as far as the tweet goes, it reminds me a lot of the Spurs when Kawhi was out, when Tony Parker's, ah, like, Tony Parker. I, I, Tony Parker's like, I have the same injury. Kawhi's a soft little teddy bear. I'm paraphrasing, of course. but Tony Parker said it was like 100 times worse, too. Yeah, he, Tony's like, mine's 100 times worse. Kawhi can't play. He, he, he's weak. But getting back, so I think the Grizzlies' timeline to win this series ends when Donovan Mitchell gets a game under his belt. Um, okay. so if mm. he comes back next game, I think after that, especially if they don't go up 2-0, I would have Jazz. But if Don Mitchell even if Don Mitchell doesn't even come back till like game five, Grizzlies have a I Grizzlies have a great shot of winning this series. I have Utah in five, but I was expecting Don Mitchell to play this game. Yeah, and right now, if I could update it, which obviously M- Mickey Mouse prediction because I'm updating it now. But I mean I would probably have this series probably going six or seven, especially if Don Mitchell misses game two and there's turmoil in the locker room. They can't hit threes. So, I mean, yeah, like I all upset because I don't want to blame him on the threes. I want to blame it on Don Mitchell missing the game. But until he gets back, not they got to hit threes. They got to get, get threes if he's mm-hmm. not there because mm-hmm. you're going to have Mike Conley and Joe Jingles drive and kick. And you're going you're gonna to get a three. And if you're not going to make that three, Grizzlies are going to get all up in your face. And Jaw, Jaw was carving up their defense this game. And then Dylan Brooks was – Oh, bad time. He was doing so good. So, I, I, I was so close. I was so close. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? He froze Harder. again. <laughs> okay. So can you hear me? Can you hear, I have one thing. One thing. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hurry, yeah. hurry, hurry. Vince Carter talks like it's a podcast on the broadcast. He does not stop so talking casual. about the guys, so but he, he does not stop talking. So next game. Um, actually, not next game. Uh, George, game two. Who's taking it? I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to speak. You want to talk about the game? You want to read? I want to play by play. No, I want to piggyback off Lehman's point because I agree with him in parts. Yeah, Memphis is playing with house money here. I mean, like no one picked them to even be in the playoffs. Everyone said this, you know. It, <laughs> what? I'm being serious. Too bad I picked them. No, I'm no, not you. I'm saying like you know the general consensus. Everyone thought You're special, that, Lehman. I'm saying like Memphis. 
No, only Continue. only you did. Only you did. But yeah, they're playing with house money and KK I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say Utah's back so <laughs> against the wall, but they need a win here. And and you know, Grizzlies are fearless behind Jaw and the Donovan Mitchell thing. He was cleared to play, and all the teammates said that he, he said he was playing, and then and then all of a sudden the medical staff just holds him out, which is weird because if he's if he's clear and healthy, you kind of want him out there doing minutes restriction. And then he actually tweeted out about uh, an hour ago. He said, "Sorry, y'all. Wish I could say more. I'll be out there soon." So maybe he—that's a forewarning for he's playing in game two. But just really, really weird stuff. So uh, I'll take Utah here. I think even if he doesn't play for some reason, I think that they'll come out with a W this time, just because like they have a sense of urgency. Um, Lehman, who wins game two if Mitchell plays? Guys are going up two over regardless. Wow, you are They're here. I'm actually, this series reminds me a lot of the 2011 Grit and Grind Grizzlies when oh. they stole that first game against the Spurs and nobody predicted them. I don't think that their true shining moment is until they return to Memphis. I'm going to take Utah regardless of Mitchell plays, but I do expect him to play. Uh, and now we'll move on to kind of the games that we expected. Uh, maybe we could have some things that you could talk about just very slightly. Uh, we'll start at the Sunday game, Washington-Philly, 118-125. Um, the Sixers take game one. Some notable stats, Beal 33-10-6 was closer to uh, a triple-double. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Westbrook, 16-14, five rebounds. Uh, both of them played pretty well, in my opinion. Uh but on the other side of the ball, it just shows how dominant Philly was because it really felt like they were playing a regular season game until probably two minutes left. When I think some, I think Bradley Beal hit a three, and they're like, "All right, let's 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 wrap it up." Tobias Harris, I think I don't know if that's a career high or something, but thirty-seven <laughs> six. He no, played. He has a fifty burger this year, right? He played. Yeah, I think he. I think he does. He played phenomenally against Raul Neto. Uh, I think the Wizards <laughs> <to> definitely <laughs> game plan against that. Uh, a six-two guy. Joel Embiid had a very quiet 30 and 6. Simmons 615 did everything but score. 615 rebounds. But he's 15 out there to do, baby. Uh, so I mean, I Danny Green, Seth Curry, everybody on the in the starting line for Philly played really well. Uh, I would personally, in my opinion, just to get my quick thoughts out, I would like to see Philly's bench get more involved. They were in the game for a good amount of time. Uh, Thibel did what he was supposed to do. He just came in and got two steals, two blocks, and played defense. But I would like George Hill to probably put up a few more shots. He shot eight shots, 11 points. It's pretty mm-hmm. impre- pretty that's, good. Probably get out. some more minutes get, get some more minutes for Dwight because at some point Embiid was kind of just messing around, and then he got in foul trouble when Daniel Gafford came in. So just to make sure the games don't stay as close because the Wizards could steal games. Because I remember Lehman talking about how close a lot of their games are toward the end of the year. Uh, but Lehman, any sp- specific thoughts about Washington or Philly? Well, I have Washington in five. I have them still in one game uh, at oh. home. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Sixers in five. Sixers in five. Sorry, I'm not crazy. I'm not just just a little bit. Yeah, just just a tad bit. Yeah, but I mean, this was this was anyone's game until the refs kind of you know. Choked on their whistle um, and oh, called it out of bounds just to call it out of oh, bounds for giggles. I agree. Bounds, I agree. Uh, when you know, got for three. You know, fun fact: they got another opportunity at the with the same score, just like five seconds later. Do you, believe in, uh, do you believe in momentum and uh, losing? Oh, he froze. Oh, no. Russell Westbrook shooting that three regardless if he gets it there or not, and it's not going in either way. So, <laughs> um, George, any any special thoughts about this game? Yeah, Beal was kind of like cooking anything that they were throwing at him, even though I know he's yeah. on a bad hamstring. So that, that looked promising for them. Yeah. Uh, they just can't, can't let Toby uh, be as lethal as was. He had like 28 the half. I, I don't know if – I don't. Throw, throw Denny. I mean, not Denny. Sorry, Rui. I, I, I don't know, but you can't. If you want any chance in this series, you have to neutralize the guys outside of Embiid. So I didn't like yeah. that, but very, very good showing from uh, from Philly. Alrighty, uh, just to wrap it up, Lehman, who wins Game Two? Philly. <laughs> George. Philly. <laughs> I'm gonna also I'm gonna also take Philly, and the last game. Uh, Lehman didn't write me a recap for this, but which is fine. Because uh, I don't think he expected this. I was going to go off the dome. but no. righty. Well, uh, anyway, Saturday turned out to be exactly how we predicted it. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets took their first 
first playoff game since 2013 and ran away with it kind of 104-93. It was kind of close until the end. Uh, Boston kept it very close. They shot out of the ballpark at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. uh but again they fizzled out and that's kind of been their story it's kind of been their story they just rely on the jump shot a lot uh they also suffering jalen brown out for the whole season just to name some stats for them jason tatum 22 on 20 shots marcus smart 17 kemba walker 15 on 31 percent, and probably their most uh not efficient but their most useful player, in my opinion, Robert Williams, 11 and 9 off the bench, would like to see him start over Tristan Thompson because of how he played against the Nets. And the Nets, it was literally the big three uh, Kevin Durant, 32 and 12, Kyrie Irving, 29 and 6, including some big clutch time buckets toward the end. Harden, 21, 9, 8, 4 steals. Uh, didn't shoot too particularly well, but he got he did everything else. Uh, the Nets made only eight threes this game, and they still managed to win by 11. This just shows, in my opinion, how dominant they are. The fact that they were kind of just relying on the big three. Lehman, I know you had kind of – I don't – was it you or George? One of you guys had concerns about whether they would be able to gel. Uh, I think that was and, both the of fact, us. and the fact that they were playing Boston. So, Lehman, I'll go to you first. Didn't look like there was too much issue there. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> this is the most frustrating thing. I've, freezing like this when I'm trying to talk, I sw- I'll be quick, I guess. Uh, good, good for the Nets. Uh, you get to beat up on – did I freeze again? That, no, that was no, fun. No, 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 I'm just be, laughing at you. Beat up on the good old-fashioned Boston Celtics who play zero defense. It's my only sweep. So I, I, I have this happening, like what I saw from the big three. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see him against Milwaukee. Good game from the Nets. Tatum didn't draw 50. Celtics didn't win. George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was like the most angry he's ever been on this podcast. Uh, Josh did mention it a little bit. Robert Williams is kind of their bright spot. He also had nine blocks. He kind of looked like Bill Russell out there. I know. Nine. Did you say nine blocks? Yeah. 11, nine yeah, and nine. Yeah. Oh, it was he, insane. Hall of Fame pogo stick. I mean, this guy's like double jumps were incredible. <laughs> He would like bite on a pump fake and I'm then right you, back it's up. the wingspan. It's seven six. Nobody understands how lanky this man is. He was literally looking like, you know, say long, Josh. Russell out there. Say long. But uh 82 combined points from the big three. I mean gelling and chemistry would be damned for this series. And they're not gonna need it, and they're only gonna get more comfortable and better and, and more cohesive yeah. as a unit. So that they kind of lucked out with this opponent, with them with you know Jalen Brown not playing. This is like the easiest, you know, ease in series. Is this that they different have. if they play Washington, Lehman? Is this a different series? It's a very different <laughs> series. They'd still win, but they'd get pushed to like six. This, this is sweet. <laughs> okay, he's 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 mad, but they'd get pushed to like six. This right. is this is an easy sweep. They're they're only gonna get better from here, but uh, you know they're gonna run into the Milwaukee Bucks next round. Unfortunately, I did have uh, I had Brooklyn in six because I thought Boston <laughs> would steal this one. And I thought I thought I was on the money at halftime. I was like, "They're they're shooting lights out, and the Nets are kind of struggling from three. They might steal this one, and then they'll get a fifty burger from five. Jason. T- they get a fifty burger from Jason at home. No, the Brooklyn Nets. I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them. I still have faith in Jason Tatum and hopes that he gets one, but I don't think so. Uh, Lehman, who wins game two? I had so many things to talk about, but I'm not going to do it. I'm simply going to resist the urge. Uh, the Nets are going to win the next one, too. I have Nets winning game two, and I think the Celtics, if they do win a game, it's going to be game four when they're down 3-0, and I just feel like the sense of urgency from Brooklyn is going to be down a little bit. And, the gentlemen's. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, I have uh, Brooklyn winning game two. All right, so I also have Brooklyn winning game two. Uh, just so – uh, we kind of get these knocked out of the way. Uh, on Monday, we have Miami and Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, 4.30 on TNT, and then this ba- doubleheader will wrap it up with uh, Portland and Denver for their game two. And on Tuesday, we'll be able to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Lakers-Phoenix uh, game two, that's the TNT doubleheader. And then on NBA TV, 7.30, the Mavs will play the Clippers. Wait a minute, Those are 30 minutes apart? Yes, so you oh, are going to have, you're going to have to do a March Madness esque thing, George. I don't know how, if you're horrible. able to handle it. Uh, which game are you looking forward to most? That's not the Lakers Suns, George. Clips Mavs for sure. Lehman, 
Heat Bucks. All right, so I guess I'll take my third option with take the, the Blazers. Blazers <laughs> yes. Uh, any any shining superstar players that we're thinking? Anybody gonna have a big game for any of the any of the rounds or like a player? You know that what? Forward? PG's gonna have a good game. I'm I'm calling it. I think <laughs> Pfizer, no more Pfizer. <laughs> okay, uh, Lehman. Not necessarily for your game, but just for any game in general. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I I think we're gonna see a big Landry Shamit game. No cap. <laughs> okay. Well, he's gonna have twenty or more. He's so angry, man. Lehman's Lehman's thrown all the series. When he has twenty, don't at me. <laughs> I'm gonna take Michael Porter Jr. I feel like he needs to score at least thirty for them to have a legit shot at uh, keeping up with the Blazers. Only offense. one shot that he's never liked. Uh, do you want to do the? Do you want to send the, us uh, home, so, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it, guys. I gotta go tell Cody to get off the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for the Turnout Poopers podcast. Thank you guys for listening. It was kind of a long one. These next few ones are gonna be long because there's a lot of basketball, a lot of uh, fun basketball to talk to about. Um, make sure you tweet. Make sure you message on Instagram for like the five people listening because George is never caught lacking on his phone. Unfortunately, we're probably gonna be probably gonna be skipping half times. So uh, just a friendly reminder that George is the halftime hooper. Uh, but Absolutely. beside that, thank you for being an OG and 